Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 59 of Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and if today is your first time joining the program, I just want to share with you the heart behind Serving Our Nation. This is a program that is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders, and my only goal is to offer you hope and encouragement through stories each week of people that live their lives focused on this idea of servant leadership and honoring God. Because what I found to be true week after week, story after story, is that when you live this kind of life, blessings will follow as a natural byproduct of your service. Because at the end of the day, all of us are ministers of one form or another because we are given very special gifts by God. And each one of those is unique for every person. And because of those gifts, it's our responsibility and our obligation that when we see a need in the world around us, we should fill that need to the very best of our ability. And that's regardless of what walk of life you have or what your occupation is. You could be a military leader, a business leader, a leader in faith, a leader in your community, or even something as simple as a leader in your family. All of us are called to lead in whatever life that we have. And last week, in episode 58, I had the great privilege of having Mr. Craig Fitzgerald on the show, and he is the head strength and condition coach for the New York Giants, and his passion for pouring into other people, for raising up the next generation of leaders, for inspiring people to believe in themselves and be the best version of themselves, really made me think about what more I can do to pour into other people, and I would really encourage you to go back and listen to that show. But for today, just a little bit that's relevant about me for today's guest. As I mentioned a few times in the past, I'm a minister with the Assemblies of God. And through my life and through uh, my work as a minister, I've experienced the loss of many loved ones, both in my life and the lives of other people uh, that I had the opportunity to do the funerals for their family members. And so what is really special about that for today, I have a woman that is a minister and she specializes in helping other people through the various stages of grief and her name is mrs christine dominiac she's a certified grief recovery specialist she's the former radio co-host on a show called ask the angels she's an author a veterans advocate and a keynote speaker so when we come back from the break i'll be joined by mrs christine dominiac stay with us we'll be right back listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Mrs. Christine Dominiak. So, Christine, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to be here on the program with me today. It means so much to have somebody that is so accomplished like you on the show. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. I, I hope my message gets out that will really bring comfort to people who are grieving the loss of a loved one. So thank you. Absolutely. And so you talk about grieving. As I was looking through your bio and your website, it seems like so many of the things that you've done in your career have really stemmed from your work as a grief counselor. So would you mind sharing with us what got you into that ministry? I mean, that's not something where I feel like you wake up one morning and say, you know what? I want to deal with the idea of death all day. And this is, you know, like it's a really hard vocation. 
You know, so how did the Holy Spirit speak to you with that? So it was really a mind-blowing experience. Back in 1998, I had never had a spiritual experience in my life. But my dead in-laws, my husband's parents, showed up in our bedroom one night and they stayed for an hour. So can you imagine apparitions in your bedroom staying for an hour, right? Wow. Now, I could only see them. I couldn't hear them. And um, but I prayed for God's protection when this happened, and um, and I saw like the room change to a, a blue color with white blinking lights, and uh, a, a spirit over my doorway that reminded me of the Blessed Mother in a way to let me know that everything was peaceful and safe and not to worry. And then I was able to really get into the fact that my in-laws, my dead in-laws, were in the bedroom with me. Now, I could only see them. I couldn't hear them. So, but I woke up my husband and I said, your parents are here. And I knew my husband believed me because I could see his lips moving silently. Mm-hmm. Well, after this experience, I kept coming back night after night and I didn't know why. And I thought perhaps it was a health warning because my husband had had cancer in the past, which we felt like, like might have been related to Agent Orange because he was in Vietnam. Right. But he got a clean bill of health. And um, I went on this quest to find out what this was. I had known as a Catholic that apparitions of saints visit us, but I didn't know normal people that we knew could appear to us also. So that was really brand new to me. And I found out that this experience was called an after-death communication. Even though I couldn't hear them, I could see them. Okay. So I found that uh, two years later, my dad had passed. And he was my uh, my best golf buddy. I used to love the golf with my dad. And this was in the year 2000. And I was getting so many wonderful signs from him. When I'd go out to golf, a hawk would fly overhead and kind of wave to me with his wings and fly off. And this happened every time I went out to golf the first year. So there were different types of signs and it just made my heart feel so happy to know that my dad was still part of my life. But I was noticing that there were so many people who were desperate to get a sign. They felt like they couldn't be at peace unless they got a sign to know that their loved one was in heaven. And so I really wanted the joy that I was feeling from the signs from my dad to help other people. So I established a uh, prayer wave called prayer wave for after death communication it's an internet grief support group and we would pray to get people uh, that people would get signs from their loved ones and the results were astounding i mean god was really blessing us and um it was just really amazing the power of group prayer was like something i'd never seen before so over time my friends or my the members of this group said, Chris, you should write about our stories because I had a message board and they would always, you know, uh, report with like the signs that they received. Sure. And they were saying over and over again, you should write about our stories. Well, when people keep repeating something, it's, it's, you know, this could be God talking to you through other people. Right. So, and I had never considered myself an author. And so I thought, you know, God, if you really want me to do this, you have to send me a sign. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to invest all my time and energy if this is, if you don't want me to do this. And I got two really funny signs one night when I was in bed. It was I was half awake, half asleep, and many times that's when I I get like information from I believe the Holy Spirit. And I saw at this time Seinfeld was out uh, with his book about his autobiography, and I saw this vision of Barnes and Noble with all Seinfeld's books piled up in a corner, and I thought, oh, a book sign. And then I actually saw a, a vision of like the sky and like the title of the book, uh, part of the title of the book. And I said, okay, then if this is what you want me to do, I mean, I'm not going to say no. Mm-hmm. And that's how the book came about. But my work is really joyful work because the difference between my spiritual bereavement work and other grief counselors is that people have something to latch onto when they get a sign, whereas other people who are not in the spiritual world, um, they don't have that joy that people who get signs do. And what the signs tell us are that our loved ones can still see and hear us. They're still a huge part of our lives. They're not off in a black hole somewhere, never to know what's going on. 
and they often come to those really important occasions that are important to us seems to be important to them too like birth of a baby an anniversary of a wedding your your birthday all those important things they will will give us signs around that time to let us know that they're a part of it and they're celebrating with us so my work is really joyful and i want this for other people and not to feel like you know my dad didn't see me get married and oh yes he did he was like an angel on your shoulder and once you get that you really say you yes you say how goodbye to the physical person yeah. but hello to the new spiritual relationship that you're now going to have and that that's thanks to God's tender loving care i believe that all this comes from god first and it filters through our loved ones he gives them permission to give us signs at just the right time when we need them in our lives wow and so you've been doing this now if i understand correctly for over 20 years yes mhm mhm so yeah. In all that time, what is maybe the greatest nugget that you've taken away of what it means to serve other people and care for other people? I think um, what I try what I try and do is uh, I try and look past the outer what we see on the outside and realize that every single person on the earth is suffering in some way, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically everyone's hurting and if you can look past what you see on the outside and look at the heart on the inside know everyone needs love and compassion amen and yeah and and that's how i i look at my work uh and what i do i try and bring that forth um in my work that there's a heart there that really needs love yes mhm so and i also like to always talk about praying to God. Yeah. In my work, I see the people who have a relationship with God that have faith in God and and talk to him about things that they need and uh heal so much quicker than people who don't even uh believe in God or are angry at God or uh it's those people who really uh you know look to God as their father, their creator that loves them, not just a dispassionate being but someone who really loves them and uh it just makes everything so much better and i'd like to give you a story about how that worked for me in my own personal life yeah uh my dad died in 2000 and my mother died in 2004 and when my mom passed um it was really you know it was the last parent to go and it's like just it 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 was so painful it was hard for me to breathe because of the grief that i was feeling and i'm normally a happy person and i thought well i can't be in the grief support work if i'm feeling sad all the time so <laughs> i wanted to be happy i feel that that's my normal state and that's how my mother would want me to be happy and god wants me to be happy and i certainly wanted to be happy sure. so i i just came up with this prayer every time i felt this awful pain i just this prayer came to me where i would say dear jesus please replace my heart's sorrow with your joy and every time i said that prayer um just like peace and everything was lifted uh for a little while from me so much so that in 2 weeks reverend paul i'm not kidding in 2 weeks that pain left my heart wow just dissolved now it's not that i didn't miss my mother of course i missed my mother and you know our our relationship and our time together in the sharing but that awful pain that was in my heart just melted away and so i really believe that you know if you ask god for what you need he will do and believe that he will do it for you you don't have to suffer um in life you can just he'll really do his best to help you as best he can and you just have to rely on him and ask for what you need so i like to tell our people that that I know some people that say I never pray for myself. I was doing some um volunteer work in a hospital and um one of the women there said to me, "Oh, I never pray for myself." And I said, "Oh my gosh, you have to pray for yourself." <laughs> I mean, geez, uh, you know, that's how you establish your your relationship with God and don't be afraid to pray for yourself. Yeah. And uh she's missing out. She just thought it was selfish of her. But yet, that's okay to be selfish because God wants that relationship with you. If you think you want to be close to your father or your mother, well, God wants that with us too. 
Yeah. You know, I, I love what you're saying, Christine, because when I was reading, you know, about your background and things that are important to you, one of the things that you mentioned is that you try to emulate Christ as you serve others. And the way that you're describing love and having a relationship with the Father and just the idea of being able to pray for your needs, right? This whole idea of asking you shall receive, thus saith the Lord. Like, your ministry is really emulating the life of Christ and the message of Christ. Oh, thank you. I, I, I like I like to think of it is that I try and look at the heart as Jesus would look at the heart of the person mm-hmm. and see what's in there and not anything on the outside, any anything that would, you know, turn you off. Just look at the heart inside that person. Sort of like the way Mother Teresa would look at the poor and the destitute. She looked past what she was seeing on the outside and saw that heart that needed to be nurtured. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about signs, when people come to you for grief counseling, you said that you want to bring them joy by helping them to find signs. So if somebody's not experienced with that and maybe they don't have you know a very deep faith or they're new to Christianity or whatever, how do you instruct them or guide them to start looking for and acknowledging or recognizing those signs in the world around them? Well, it's amazing when people come to me and they say, I never received a sign and and I said, well, let's go through the list of signs here. And I start going through the list and they say, oh, that happened to me. Oh, that happened to me. And the thing is that there are about 20 common signs, which I list in my book after death communications, God's gift of love. And many of them are, are subtle. It's not like my in-laws showing up dead and you know, alive as apparitions. So um, and they don't realize that these things are signs because they're just not huge. And um, but I say, if you're not sure, first go to God and ask him to allow your loved one to visit you in a comforting way. And then state something specific to your loved one that you would recognize as a sign for them, say like a, a butterfly or a certain type of bird or a rainbow or a coin. And when then when you get that sign, you can't deny it because that's what you asked for. Right. And that's a really validating way to know that that God is listening and that your loved one is hearing you. Wow. So this doesn't seem like it's something that's easy to do when people come to you. They're certainly in a state of grief. And as they find those signs, yeah, I'm sure that that brings them joy. But maybe somewhere along the road, I feel like maybe people are having a bit of doubt and, you know, maybe they come to you a bit discouraged. Like, what's the hardest thing that you've had to do in your work in helping people to overcome their grief? I don't imagine it's all been roses and sunshine for you. You know, I've really have to say it's always been very gratifying because when I go down a list of signs, all of a sudden a light bulb seems to go off because they're wow. getting them. Now, the people who have the hardest time recognizing their signs in the beginning are bereaved mothers. Okay. Because they're so into their grief. And when you're into your grief, which of course is natural, sure. you know, you're really hurting. And uh, when you're in that role of grief, you're not seeing the world outside of you. And so once you get to a point where you can start seeing around you, you start noticing those signs. I can't tell you how many mothers have said that to me. The first few months, I just couldn't, I didn't realize I was getting signs. And then once I came out of myself, I started to realize they were happening all the time. And, and then they knew that their relationship continued on with their child. And that means the world to all of us. Yeah. Uh, that you, That relationship continues. And one of the ways that you can, besides just talking to them out loud, as we do during the day, is to write them letters. So especially if you have um, a sudden death and you never got a chance to say goodbye, well, that really weighs people down because they feel like I didn't have a chance to say all these things. But you can do that in a letter. And once you know, you can say, um, thank you, I love you, thank you for this, and I love you, I forgive you, forgive me. And um, when when you can get express those emotions, it really helps you to move on. You relieve yourself of that burden that you're carrying inside. And it's yeah. so important to get that out. So a letter is a great way to do that. Wow. So 
looking back with all the, it seems like you've had a many, many positive experiences. Is there something that really stands out where you would just say to yourself, I can't believe that God has allowed me to do this. Like this was just an, an incredible moment where God has showed up and I'm so thankful that I get to minister to people in this way. Has there been a time well, like that for you? Especially in the beginning, I felt like I'm not really worthy <laughs> of doing anything like this. Uh, well, you know, why did he pick me? I'm just an average Jane, you know. Yeah. But um, but I but when you look at his apostles and disciples, they were just poor people, average sure. people. He never picked like the high and mighty. He picked people who were just the average Joe. So um, you know, so I just I'm grateful, and I you know I try to look at it that way. I want to when I when I realize that this is my mission, I want to do as much as I can because I want to one day stand in front of God and say, you know, I did it, mission completed. Are you know you're happy with me? Because I'm happy with myself. <laughs> <laughs> so just to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, right? That's yeah, all that's we ever want to hear. That's what I want to hear, exactly. Uh-huh. So when you talk about um being able to see apparitions of your in-laws. Have you ever experienced yourself or heard stories of near-death experiences? I mean, I, I don't know how correlated those two things are, but I wonder if you what your experiences with that. Oh, I love stories of near-death experiences because it gives us so many more insights into heaven. Um, and my very favorite one, and I recommend this book to everybody, is Embrace by the Light by Betty Eady. And she had, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she had one of the most in-depth, detailed um, near-death experiences where she was in a hospital room and she actually died for 45 minutes and she came out of her body. She met her angels. She went off into the tunnel, met Jesus at the end of the tunnel. He was so happy to see her and she felt just unconditional love. She had a life review. She felt ashamed of things in her life, but Jesus like reassured her and, you know, comforted her not to be so hard on herself. And then she had a tour of heaven. But what she learned was, um, you know, you could fly by your thoughts. Um, We were actually created spirits in heaven with God before we came to earth and took on a physical body. Mm -hmm. And we come down here uh, with like certain lessons and missions that we volunteer with God to do. So, and it's all about the soul growth, being closer to God. So we come down here with specific life lessons to learn, um, missions to accomplish and to for our soul's growth, but the ripple effect of people around us. So when we talk about babies that die very, very young, right. Um, and like how God allow that. Well, it's never a punishment to go to heaven. It's like the greatest reward you could ever have where there's right. no pain and love just filtering all through your body and uh, so many fun things to do in heaven. And so it's a reward to go back to heaven. So their brief life on earth was meant to have a higher purpose, a ripple effect of reaching out, branching out to help other people become closer to God, even though they're suffering in pain. Um, like for instance, the um, MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, mm-hmm. like their teenage children who died because of a drunk driver. Right. Work, the work that they have accomplished to bring awareness to how you're hurting people's lives when if you are driving drunk and you know all the the memeing and the uh, suffering that's caused has really helped. So that was a higher purpose for those teenagers who that was their mission to start the ball rolling to have the ripple effect to help other people. So yeah, so there's a. The, the little ones that come down, they're really what I call angels unaware, and the people around them know that they're angels somehow, and their their life was just that brief moment in time to, to be a catalyst, to start something good, and eventually you'll find the good, even though you, you don't see it at the time when you're suffering. Yeah, so I feel like based on what you're saying, it comes back to the adage of things happen for a reason, right? Like right. God knows the eternal plan and we don't get to know all of it. We only get to know this tiny little snippet. You know, we just get to know the next step, 
right? Scripture right. says, thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. But it's just like this tiny little lamp and we get to see this one step. God knows the entire plan. So in the grand scheme of things, what he's doing and how he's orchestrating things is always for the betterment of our good. Exactly. And when we're in, in heaven with God before we come to earth <coughs> and we volunteer for these things, I mean, I think God kind of gives us like, well, I think this would really help if you volunteer this. And who's going to say no to God, right? Yeah. What for, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you have cancer, you know, this is going to help other people in some way, maybe cancer research or whatever. And when you're in heaven with God, it's like, you're looking, you're looking at your life objectively and the good that it can bring about. But once you're down here on earth, you're thinking, why would I ever sign up for something this far? Right. <laughs> I must have been crazy. But, uh, but God can get you through it. If you pray, you pray about like the pain being less and get you through everything. And, and it really helps the prayers, even though you might be, uh, you know, this is your time to go back. All the prayers really do help to comfort you and to get you through those hard times. So when you talk to people about prayer, people have different levels of experience with that. Some people like to just have a very formal prayer. And then there's what I'll call an unstructured prayer where you're really just having a conversation with God. Yeah, so, I love yeah, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you lead people in that? For maybe somebody that's never prayed before, do you just direct them to what scripture says about the Our Father? Or do you teach them how to have a conversation? What's that like for you? It's just... God is a personal relationship and mm-hmm. I believe anything formal is somebody else's prayer. Yeah. And he wants to hear from your heart, just like uh, from a child to a parent. And, um, and that's how I feel that that's the most, um, genuine prayer. Genuine. That's yeah. the word. Thank you. Genuine prayer. There is because it's really what your heart most desires. Yeah. And I believe in being specific too. In your prayers and uh, and then once you pray to god he'll find a way to answer you it may not be the way that you ask for but it's the way that would be best for you and, and your whole life circumstances amen you know i i couldn't agree with you more there have been so many instances where you know maybe i need gas or just a hundred different things that come up during the day and i say hey god can you please just help me right now in this moment i really need this or that and it just happens to show up five minutes later, right? Or I want to have a meeting with somebody and sometimes it's really hard to schedule meetings with people. So I literally just show up and I just pray, God, when you give me a divine appointment and the person just happens to show up at exactly the right time. I know, you know you're being heard and don't you feel like the TLC that you're getting? Yeah. Don't you feel that love that you're getting that is really caring for you and making it possible? And you know that happens because you're on the right track. You're working for him. Yeah. You know? I love that. You know, it's one of the hats that I have. Um, I don't wear hats that often, but when I do, there's one of my favorites that says uh, God's Army. So, you know, I retired as Lieutenant Colonel in the United States Army, but I would much rather be a general in God's Army than a general in the United States Army. Which you are. You absolutely are. And, you know, that you said that. I read that on uh, somewhere, I think, on your website. And in one of the stories in my book was when I first started to get in this field and um, praying for people and group prayer. One night I had this vision in my half a week, half asleep state where it was a figure that looked like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, he was looking through binoculars down to earth. And um, and there was like something to let me know that I was part of Jesus army. Wow. And I felt like, wow, I'm really on the right track. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying it was Jesus, but I'm right. saying it was a figure that, you know, that reminded me of him. And I, I felt like I was being told that I was in Jesus' army. And it was like, wow, what a compliment. You know, like, <laughs> this is really quite a responsibility there. <laughs> So talking about Army, I also read about you, Christine, and I think I saw it on your website and uh, the forum that you filled out for us. So you're also really passionate about the veteran community, and that's special to me, being a veteran. So can you share me with us a little bit about, you know, why you're passionate for the veteran community and some of the work that you do with veterans? Well, you know, I love veterans. My husband is a Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. But I just so admire 
the sacrifices that, and the courage that it takes to go to be to fight for our country and to put yourself at risk like that. It's so unselfish. But actually, one night I had a dream that um, God wanted me to work with veterans. And I had never really thought about that before. And I thought, well, you know, I always say yes. <laughs> like, what yeah. would say no? Yeah. So I started to look how how can I help veterans? And that was really that was really my opening because I just never really thought about that. And so I realized as I got into the work, especially with Gold Star families and um, how my work can help Gold Star families, but it can also help veterans who are suffering from survivor's guilt. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you wonder why was I spared and my best buddy was taken. It doesn't make sense to me and they feel so unworthy, but it goes back to what we signed up for when we came here. That was your buddy's time to go home. His mission was accomplished. And so he was going home for his rewards. He's not missing out on anything. He's free of pain and suffering and everything we have on earth you can do in heaven. So right. you're not missing out. But you, you, your mission is not done. There's still more for you to learn and more, more purpose for your life. So you have still have an important purpose and that's why you're here. And so never feel ashamed or regretful. Just look for your purpose because there's more that you have to give. And um, that person got the rewards. You're going to get your reward one day. They were just lucky. Yeah. <laughs> they got their first. And, you know, if you look at it that way, that their mission was accomplished, that's what they came down here for. And they didn't have to stay a minute longer than they than they were uh, was necessary for them. Uh, you won't feel regretful because you have still a high purpose for being here, an important purpose, and find that purpose to do good. So... I love what you're saying there about the military community. And one thing that I wonder your thoughts on, I've been in the military for 20 years. And now in my current job with the American Bible Society, I get to interact a lot with veterans and chaplains and just service members across the country. And there's some people that I've encountered in my career and afterwards that really just maybe doubt or deny the existence of God because of things that they've done or saw or observed, whatever, in combat. And, you know, it, now grief and death become especially difficult for them. And so they, you know, come back with this idea of, what do you mean? There, there's no God. There's no heaven. There's no afterlife. What do you say in your ministry to somebody like that? I always say people to pray. What do you have to lose? You know, you have everything to gain. Just take the time and pray. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Yep. And, um, and, and. Just do that. I mean, it can't hurt. Yes. Uh, and you have everything to gain from it. And um, so that's what I say. But, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like to see what people see in war and how how you can even wipe that out of your mind. I mean, my husband seems to be able to do it. And um, he doesn't suffer from PTSD, even though he was in battle. Right. And uh, But he comes from a very strong faith communities brother was a priest until he died and his parents were very close to god and so he comes from that background of praying and going to church and being close to god so maybe that's why he doesn't suffer from ptsd i don't really know but he's a, one of the lucky ones but um but people don't really start thinking about the afterlife until they're grieving yeah. and all of a sudden you think oh where do I go? Because we all think we're, as we're growing up, that we're invincible. But now you have to start thinking about, well, where, where did that person go? You know, yeah. are they no more? But that's what's the beauty of the signs. I think it's God's way of letting us know we do live on and they're still a part of our lives. And it helps people to start searching, yes. searching for God, searching for heaven. And to, But you won't get that until you are grieving. Then you're like, it just opens you up to wanting to know. Right. Well, Christine, we've got about a minute left. So I, I would ask, is there a place that people can go uh, to learn more about you or maybe some seminars or workshops or the books that you've done? Because I, I feel like we've only scratched the surface with the time that we had together. And there's probably people listening and say, yes, that's where I'm at. And I want to learn more. I want to learn how to get through this whole grief process because Christine has something good to tell me. Yeah, so they can go to my website, christinedominiac.com, or my Facebook page, 
and they can um, learn about what I'm doing and my books. And also to join, I have the internet group, which is now a Facebook page called After Death Communications and Prayer Wave. And that's where we pray for people to get a sign from their loved ones. And you can share your experiences without anyone thinking that you're crazy or you're hallucinating. We celebrate them, your signs, because we know they're blessings from God. So yes, just look me up, Christine Duminiac.com. That's awesome. Christine, I want to thank you so very much for being on the program, your heart for ministry, your heart for caring for people, and just the opportunity to speak with you today and learn more about your story. It's been such a blessing speaking with you. Oh, thank you. Right back at you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. God bless you. All right. When we come back from the break, we're going to reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guest. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And as we close out today's show, let's just briefly think about what we've heard from today's guest. Such powerful lessons and nuggets that Mrs. Christine Dominiak had to share with us. And I just want to briefly touch on a few of these points. One of the things I thought she said was really impactful was she gets joy out of her work. And scripture tells us that we're supposed to do all work, regardless of who's in front of us, as though we're doing it unto the Lord, to have joy in our hearts as we do it. And then she went on to say about we're looking past the outer, And she wants to look at the heart of people, just like Mother Teresa did. And so I wonder in our own walks, whether we're a business person or in the military, whatever it is that you do, can you look past the outer shell of a person and really look at their heart and really just encourage that person to have joy in their circumstances? Because the other thing that Christine said that was really powerful was that we're all on a mission. God has given each one of us a very specific destiny, a very specific mission, things that he wants us to do. And that's not the same for any two people. And so our we never know when our time in this world is going to be up, but we do know that it's ordained by God. He has a purpose for what it is that he wants us to accomplish. And so can we offer a bit of comfort to someone that's grieving? Can we offer a bit of counseling or just a kind listening ear or a kind word to somebody when things don't work out as they thought, or when bad things happen to a seemingly good person. Because at the grand scheme of things, God is orchestrating and ordaining all things according to his purpose for people that love him. And so there's always good in situation. There's always that silver lining. Something else that Christine said I thought was really powerful was this idea of praying for yourself. So yes, I completely agree that it's good to pray for other people. But Christine is right. We need to pray for ourselves as well. Scripture says, Ask and you shall receive. Thus saith the Lord. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And so I wonder in our lives today, in our work, in whatever areas that we find ourselves in, can we find it within ourselves to pray with and for other people? Can we find it within ourselves to then, in our quiet time, whether it be in the morning or during the day, in the car ride, at night, whatever it is, And we find it in ourselves to pray for ourselves, to have that relationship 
with God the Father, because that's what he really wants from us at the end of the day. He wants that loving relationship because his love is eternal. It's always there, but he wants us to love him back. And so as aspiring servant leaders, can we just take a few minutes per day to pray, to have that conversation with the creator of the universe? And the last thing that I just want to briefly touch on, Christine talked about this idea that when you pray, it takes away your pain because you're having that conversation with the creator of the universe and you can always help other people through their grief, through their circumstances, through whatever it is. And so I really enjoyed talking to Christine and I would just encourage all of us as we go through our daily walk, as we encounter people day by day, as even things are difficult in our own lives, can we pray for ourselves can we pray for other people? And can we all work together to get through this difficult thing called life? Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we get to go back to eternal life with God the Father. Well, listen, each week I talked to you about this idea that when you put good into the universe, good will come back to you. And yet again, God has showed up. I never know how God is going to show up from week to week, but each week he does. And I have something to share with you. And so this past week, I felt a hankering for McDonald's, and um, I don't go there that often, but when I do, I make it a habit of paying for the meal of the person behind me, and I just want to be able to bless them, and I give them this little card, and it talks about God, this is just another way of knowing that God loves you, and so um, I've been doing this for quite a while, and this past week was one of the first times that somebody actually did it for me. I pulled up to McDonald's and the person at the counter said oh, the woman in front of you was already taking care of your meal and I was so overcome with joy in that moment that I actually forgot on that occasion to pay for the person behind me so it goes back to what Christine is saying when you want to do something do it with joy you can find joy in all kinds of circumstances and it is a conscious choice it's a choice to be happy so I would just encourage all of us today to look for the joy and to choose to be happy in whatever your circumstances are, because God is orchestrating all those things for the good of those that love him. Well, listen, next week, another really incredible guest. His name is Major General Retired John Gronsky. So not only is he a veteran, he's also an author and a well-renowned keynote speaker. So I'm really excited to speak to him for next week for the Memorial Day show. Now listen, as you go about your week, no matter where you're at, Always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening and join us again. Walking around these walls I thought by now they fall But you have never felt me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never felt me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my
But I'm 